Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Look at verse 4. Circle the first word then. Then the word of the Lord came to him. You see, God knows when to speak to us. Sometimes God is silent. He's silent for a reason. He wants us to think. He wants us to have our faith stretched. He wants us to know that he's in control. Then the word of the Lord came to him. I don't know when the Lord will come to you, but he is never late when the word of the Lord comes to us. Have you ever had what seemed like an urgent need that you asked God for the answer to and you didn't hear and didn't hear anything? You probably got kind of uptight about that, didn't you? Well, Pastor Mark will be teaching about Abram, who was in a similar situation. He'd actually gotten a promise directly from God himself. This promise seemed to Abram to be a time-sensitive one, so he was expressing his anxiety to God. You'll hear from Pastor Mark about the importance of hanging on with God even when you can't see the way clear because God's always in control of the situation. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Here's Pastor Mark in the book of Jeremiah chapter 10 as he continues his message, The Great I Am Has a Plan for Your Life. You see, that's the way God is. So somehow he had to believe that. Somehow he had to have some kind of faith that God put that challenge in him that where he was going, now this is hard, was better off than where he was. He was very wealthy, had a beautiful wife, probably had it all set up. But he's going to head off. And because of that, he had to think about this. And this is what I want you to think about. Somewhere in that thought process, Abraham had to say this, this great I am is for me, he's not against me. If you don't believe that, you'll be miserable your whole life. God is for you, he's not against you. You've got to believe it. We sing that, one of my favorite songs. We sing it. Since God is for us, who in the world could be against us? So he had to be thinking about that. Now, Genesis chapter 12, go back, verse 5. What's the great I am going to do? Well, he took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, took this whole group of people, and they set out for the land of Canaan and finally arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah, at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. When you begin to follow the great I am, that never eliminates trials and temptations. 
The minute Abram gets in the land, you can think him thinking, uh, God, y- y- is this where I'm supposed to be? This is Canaan, right? You, f- you finally got me to the place. Who are these people over here? Am I supposed to do something with them? He discovers this is their land. They don't want to give it up to Abram. So he's probably beginning to think, okay, God, uh, do you mean this like following the great I am is going to include warfare? I had none of that problem at home. I was fine. By the way, the minute you decide to follow Jesus Christ, guess what happens the next week? Canaanites. They might be called West Melbourneites, but they're Canaanites. Am I right? It could be in your own family. Very often is. If you're in Iran or Iraq or Yemen and you convert, you got the whole nation against you. So, notice what happens next, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, giving him a little encouragement after he discovers where he's at, to your offspring. Now, think of that, to your offspring. He's 75, good luck. The blue pill hasn't even been invented yet. (laughs) To your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. God came again to Abram and rewarded his faith again with this impossible promise. You see, that, that had to be such a shock He doesn't get it. You couldn't in your wildest imagination think how it would work. But somehow he believes God. Look at verse 8. From there he went on toward the hills of Bethel, pitched a tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. Do you know when God made you, he made you a worshiper? You will worship someone or something. Your whole life. And I thought it was interesting. James Davis was here with our pastoral staff and taught us today. James said this statement. I wrote it down. I think I got it right. God will never take this place. Well, what place will he never take? Second place. I like it. If you're going to worship him, then worship him. Not second. Not third. Not fourth. First. He needs to be worshipped. You know, that altar simply symbolizes communion with God. I kind of wrote what I thought maybe he said. God, I'm going to build this altar to worship you. I want to thank you for your faithfulness getting us here. I want to thank you for your forgiveness when it took me a long time to get here because I disobeyed. You're an awesome God, and I want to tell you, thanks for appearing to me and changing my life. God, it's very different, but the first time in my life, I have purpose and meaning. And I want to thank you. That'd be a good thing for you to say tomorrow morning to your God. The moment God came in your life, purpose and meaning came. Don't take it lightly. You remove God from our lives, where are we? We're nowhere. We have no hope. We have no encouragement. Tomorrow morning, 
Not a bad thing. Get on your knees. Pitch your tent, make a little altar, and just thank God for his faithfulness, for his forgiveness, for speaking to you and giving you purpose and meaning. Verse 9, then Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. In my Bible, I wrote this, continued is a lifestyle of following. It's not just a great start, it's continuing to follow. Now skip, if you will, to chapter 15. And we'll see one of the great I am's in the Old Testament has to do with Abram. Genesis 15. Now, just before chapter 14, you remember Lot got in trouble and Abraham had to go and defeat a large army with five kings. He went, rescued Lot, brought him back. There was this great encounter with Melchizedek. And after chapter 14, verse 15 begins like this. After this, which I just explained to you, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And what did God say to Abram? Do not be afraid, Abram. Now let's just stop there for a moment. Why would God say that? If God came to you tomorrow morning and said, don't be afraid, why would God say that to you? Would you say, well, I'm not afraid. You got, you got the wrong person. Uh, God never gets the wrong person. Why would God say to you, don't be afraid? Because you're afraid. God knows us. Now, what was Abram afraid of? Well, he just defeated these five kings. But they were out of their territory. What's he thinking? These boys get together. I'm done. So he began fearing. Some of you here, this is a word for you. God says to you, don't be afraid. You write it down if it's for you. In the situation where you're at, with fear right now, don't be prideful. You write it down. God is speaking to you right now. Some condition you're afraid of. You write it down. You see, he's still speaking to us Don't be afraid. You say, well, I like those words, but what do I back it up with? Well, look what God says. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am. There we go. The great I am, the only God. I am first your shield. What would a shield be? Your protection. I'm your protection. Don't worry about the army. I'm your protection. Some of you are fearful. Where you live, circumstances, all kind of things in your life. God says to you, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. Now, another great word for that in that same passage, it means I'm your king. Well, why, if God's my king, do I not need to be afraid? Because the king is in control. Remember, we used to say once in a while when we come to church, God is in the house. I want to say to you, God, the great I am, is in control. That's why you don't have to be afraid. Well, Pastor Mark, it isn't me. It's my son. It's my daughter. It's my son-in-law. It's my... He's in control. 
Don't be afraid. Then he says this. I am your shield, your king, your protection, and I'm your reward. Your very great reward. In the original language, it means this. I'm your greatest treasure. Remember, he'd refused to take any money. He paid Melchizedek 10%, said, I'm not taking any of the spoils. God said, I'm your reward, and I'm your greatest treasure. Now, here's what I want you to write, and I want you to think about this. The great I am is our shield and our reward, our protection and our provision. Some of you are afraid because of the economy and your work and whatever. He is your provision. He's the king. Just hold on, the job's coming. The problem's going to be solved. You have faith. That's what God was saying right here to Abram. Remember, he came to him in a vision, supernatural. Never had a vision before, didn't even understand what that was, but he was sure. Now, what was the great reward really coming? It was a son. That would have been an impossibility. Remember, there's only three things important in life. God, people, and the use of our time. His time is way past. But God's in control. He's going to bring a new people from Abram and Sarai. Well, look at verse 2. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me? Ah, he went right to the place. What can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. In other words, he had brought a servant with him when they made a mistake and went to Egypt. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant of my household will be my heir. Have you ever spoke like that to God? Say yes. We've all been angry at God sometimes, haven't we? We didn't understand. God, you... Where are you? You haven't answered me. What in the world's going on here? Well, that's what Abraham's saying. He's saying, God, you, you promised me a reward. When we started, there was this thing like a son coming. I already told you that's impossible. When I told Sarah, she went, give me, give me a break. That ain't going to happen. And now you're saying there's a great reward. Well, where is my son? I guess, if it, I guess what I'm gonna, when I die, I'm going to just turn this to a servant. That, that's where who's going to take over. Look at verse 4. Circle the first word then. Then the word of the Lord came to him. You see, God knows when to speak to us. Sometimes God is silent. He's silent for a reason. He wants us to think. He wants us to have our faith stretched. He wants us to know that he's in control. Then the word of the Lord came to him. I don't know when the Lord will come to you. But he is never late when the word of the Lord comes to us. I used to remember way back when I got started 20 years ago. I still, that's still one of my basic concerns that I always have. I don't worry about it anywhere near as much. But God, do I have the right thing you want me to speak? When are you going to give me that illustration? How is that going to work? See, that, that's one of my main things is to feed you. Well, that has to come from God. I mean, I can go anywhere here. But I want to hear what he wants to say to you on this day. And the word of the Lord comes to me, I got it. I know where I'm at. It's a wonderful thing. You know when that usually happens? Usually early in the morning. Just a short time, bing, 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 bing. There's the thing. 
Now the rest of the week, how to focus on it. Same for you. The word of the Lord will come to you. Notice what God said. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Wow. (laughs) It's a pretty big challenge, isn't it? There's no Hubble telescope. He's looking at going, ones, two. <laughs> One is pretty good. All of these? Verse 6 is one of the best verses in the whole Bible. Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed not in the Lord. Abraham believed the Lord. And what did he get from it? And he credited it to him as righteousness. He was right with God. Abram believed God's word, God's promise, and God declared him to be what? Righteous. Notice, no work, just belief. Romans 4.3. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Galatians 3.6. Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Paul wrote in Romans 5. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What happened back there? That was, in a sense, Abraham's salvation. He would look toward the cross because coming from the Son would be the Messiah. Everybody in the Old Testament went to heaven by faith in the coming Messiah. Today, we look back to the cross. In those days, they looked forward all by this one word, faith in the promises of God. So we are saved by faith and by God's grace and not by works. Somehow, in spite of doubts, that happened. Abraham believed God, his promise. Now, skip on to chapter 21, if you will. We'll go by the nine months very quickly. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. Verse 1 in the New Living in chapter 21, verse 1 says this, The Lord kept his word, I love it, and did for Sarah... Exactly what he'd promised. She became pregnant. She gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. And Abraham named the son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abram circumcised him as God had commanded. How long did Abraham and Sarah wait? Twenty-five years years. That's a man of faith. Did he fail some? Yes. Would you have failed some? Yes. But he finally believed God. God wants our faith to continue to grow. Here's what I want you to write. Faith sometimes must wait patiently for God's timing. Maybe that you, God's made a promise to you. It hasn't happened. Be patient. One of the fruit of the spirit, patience. God wants us to be people of faith, to believe all of his promises. This encounter with God brought Abram purpose in his life and life to his life. And I want to give you a word of encouragement. 2 Thessalonians 
Dear brothers and sisters, Paul writes, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. I think that's a great word for all of us. I just want to thank you for being here, for being faithful. It would be nice if our faith was a straight line like this. How many knows that ain't going to happen? (laughs) But we're getting there, aren't we? We're trusting God. Sometimes we have a lack of faith. Sometimes we have a lapse. Sometimes it looks a little more like a roller coaster, doesn't it? But you are being faithful. I want to end with this, and I want to pray for us. Helen Keller, listen to this. Life is either a daring venture or nothing. Let me read it to you again. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. But too many people settle for nothingness instead of passionate living. They sell their souls to buy comfort and security. They fear risk and failure. They live accidentally, not deliberately. They let rules, boredom, and weariness steal their passion. And once they do, they play it safe. That's not the way God designed your life. That's not the way God designed my life. Here's what I want you to write. And this is what I'm going to pray for all of us. Myself, at this age, I want to be a man of vision and venture and faith. So do you. I don't want to exist the last number of years. I want vision from God. I want steps of venture. Some of you, your job is a prison to you. It's chained you. You're going to die chained to that job. Or the company's going to get sold. Or they're going to lay you off. And you put all your security in that company. No, your source is not a company. Your source is God. How many people have seen their 403Bs and 401Ks and all those things? You know, the 401K now is a one and a half K. Say amen. Say oh me. Notice, let's pray for faith and vision and venture for each of us. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm going to get around to it. When? You're going to park at Haran in disobedience? Or are you going to step out in faith doing what God wants you to do? I can't speak to you, your individual situation. But God can. And actually, He has been. So I want to encourage you, when I sit and studied which next great I am, it was this one. I am your shield, and I am your great reward. Today, you heard Pastor Mark teach about Abram and the challenges he had in his journey to becoming the father of the Israelites. You were reminded that when God spoke to Abram, that that was the first time Abram had ever heard God speak to him. Pastor Mark told you again that God's plan for your life will always be better than any plan you come up with for your life. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. 
Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes Pastor Mark's message, The Great I Am Has a Plan for Your Life. Next time you join us, Pastor Mark will begin a new message, The Great I Am, Moses. You'll hear the story of Moses and how God seemingly raised him to the highest heights in society, and then, when everything crashed, remade Moses into the type of man that could be used for the tasks that needed to be done. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. See